I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know, journalists, insiders, all of whom can break down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Listen now. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Apply for Apple Card in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Daily cash is available via Apple Cash Card issued by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC, or as a statement credit. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink. And you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I am a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, applicable on large Big Gulp only, participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. It's a Prestige TV podcast episode two of Winning Time on HBO. My name is Bill Simmons. I'm here with Joe House. We broke down episode one as well. This one dives into Jerry West. Deeply. Away. We see Jerry West have sex. Yeah. We see him literally. We see the logo pull out the logo. I watched this episode the second time on an airplane. Oh, no. From... <laughs> Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles. Next to a horrified person who's like, why I is had Jerry West it, having sex? I had it angled in a way so that it wasn't, but the, you know, the person behind me might have been able to look through the seat. I didn't know the scene was coming. This was an important episode because I really like the pilot. It set up a lot of stuff, but then we need to keep moving. You need to keep me interested in a story that I already know. I already know all the beats of the story. How am I, how are you going to hook me in? So in the first one, we, we get hooked in because Buss has pulled it off. He bought the Lakers. He did it. The last time we see him is in the court, in the forum. He's like, this is all mine. Episode two, now he's got two foes. His foes are Jerry West, who is his coach and GM, and the great Red Arback. And I have a lot of thoughts on the Red Arback characterization and portrayal by Michael Chiklis, but we'll get to it a little bit later. But short term, we see Jerry West having a one-night stand. We see Jerry West, who we this flashback to, he wins the title and he's still not happy. Is the one-night stand the night? Seems like it's the night he won the he title. Because he has a, the confetti in his hair. Yeah. And they play that song, Is That All There Is? Right. Which is like the classic, Yes. I just climbed the mountaintop and I'm still miserable what just happened. So it's set in like, uh-oh, this guy's going to be wild card. Um, how did you feel watching West depicted 
like this. Well, it it also features um, him as a kid shooting baskets and his dad abusing his mom. Yeah, which he's talked about in his book and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and so what we what we're we have the basis for understanding why it is that he can't be happy, it seems. Yeah. And what we've gotten from all of episode one into this episode is an inability to be happy, you know, under any kind of circumstances. He's literally driving himself crazy as the coach of the Lakers. And not fun to work with, doesn't seem like. Not that, fun to work with. Doesn't seem awesome. Not fun to work with. Bill Sharman has to climb in through his window to talk to him at one point. He's not fun to be around. Side. Tough one. So we have that. We have, um, we have Bus gets to go to the owner's meeting, which was fun, which I really... This I was, enjoyed that. It's very mad many at this point, right? But I think accurate. Like, they didn't really have... A, the owner's meeting was fucking thrown together in a hotel. The draft was you know, not made for TV. This is the league. They're just trying to get by. I coin, mean, the coin flip they do in the first episode, that's how they did it. It's like, hey, do you have a coin? Oh, we got to grab one. Well, and speaking of Mad Men, I love the bar cart. The bar cart plays a big role. Like they're, they're, oh, yeah. the bar, you know, the midday drink is a is a prominent player in this thing. Well, they also did a good job with Lawrence O'Brien, the commissioner, in these first two things. Who was a bozo? Yeah, I mean, he was just the worst commissioner. I I tried to rip him to shreds in my book because I just couldn't believe how they bad named he was. a trophy after him for Christ's sake. They named sakes. a trophy after him. They should have named it after like a poop he took because he sucked. <laughs> he was a bad commissioner. Really did a really. There's a reason when Stern comes in and things are immediately professionalized because Stern was actually competent, unlike Larry O'Brien. So we see him and then we get a little glimpse of Stern. We get Stern. Did you, that was one of the casting that seemed off to me. I don't remember what he looked like when he was younger. That's the thing, right? Because he's, he's this, in the, in the show, he strikes me as like small of stature, um, not very. Well, uh, he was small. No, but I mean, in like, uh, uh, um, also small in personality. And also like, you know, he's, he's doing some you know, connecting a little connective tissue kind of stuff. He's yeah, running around the room a little bit. I would, if I'd given notes on this episode, I would have made Stern. I think by the time we get to this part of O'Brien's run, Stern is basically doing a lot. Now. Yeah. And I think he's a little like what Adam Silver was like near the end of Stern's run when Stern started to lose it and Adam was taking a bigger role in everything. I think Stern, he wasn't just like, you know, this league official being thrown around. Like he was a, a pretty much of a power player at this point. So. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I we thought he could have been a... I, I, we didn't get any power player out of this episode. Well, my thing is, if him. you're going to make Red Arback a cartoon character, let's have some fun with early Stern. Sure. Like, what, like the gloves are off at this point. I agree with that. We have Jerry West like having a, you know, pretty crazy <laughs> hotel sex encounter. <laughs> a, uh, we got yeah. Red Arback, who's the worst guy in the world. We have your guy, Jack Kent Cook, who's basically uh, a racist. Let's have some fun with Stern. I agree. Bus goes to the owner's meeting. He meets Stern. He meets Red. Red's a dick to him. Then we got the magic part. Magic's battling his family. He's moving to LA. They're worried his head's getting a little big. Where the money's might change him. He's got the girlfriend, Cookie. Yeah. Who's brazenly cheating on all through Michigan. She's got some new guy. They made sure to make that guy as short as possible. <laughs> 
you know that you know that's headed for a showdown so they set up that one we have west who wants nixon to be the point guard over magic we have bus who's like not just west wanting that he tells nixon you're going to be my guy yeah so we see all that chess chess board stuff with that and then we see bus really trying to figure out i need revenue how do i turn the forum into something bigger than is which i thought was the stuff i knew the least about yep how do we have more dates it's stuff that seems simple now but that's like when i like in boston in the 70s and 80s we had the celtics and bruins with the bean pot and then the circus oh yeah did they the circus must have come through what about Harlem um, Globetrotters? Harlem Globetrotters would stop by. Yeah, there'd be some figure skating like yeah, after oh, the 1980 right. Olympics. Yeah, the figure ice skaters capades. on ice. Yeah, ice skates, whatever. The circus was the big one. The circus, circus would knock big. things out for like a week it and would a half. Stay, yeah, I was going so to say even longer. Get the fuck out and go on some giant road trip. Yep. So I don't, it's not like, well, the, the part I don't understand is they made it seem like the forum did, couldn't fill the dates, but it seemed like it was conceivable to fill at least some dates. And I think that's a big part of why um, Claire Rothman is playing this prominent role, both in episode one and again here in episode two, because I think she helped innovate. Yes, yeah, she that, did. And he makes a point in the first episode. This was a smart little nod to, uh, you know, the bus character goes to her and says, you're a legend for what you did in whatever her previous job was in terms of filling that place up or getting right. a rock band or something like that. Yeah. When that, and, and you can clearly see that, that he has that in his head. We don't know about what he's going to do at the Forum Club yet, but we know that's coming too, that he's <laughs> going to turn that into a destination nightclub. I mean, there's all kinds site. of, yes, there are many, many different innovations to come. I, if we're talking seesaw, I was so much more interested in bust than magic. Oh, for sure. I think the weak part for me for the first two episodes is how magic centric the show was. I would have actually scaled some of the magic. We should mention, by the way, it was directed by Jonah Hill, who did a really good job. Yeah. I, I, it felt very Adam McKay-ish, even though it wasn't Adam McKay, but I thought it was too much time spent on magic. I agree with you because you don't need to keep um, on the family dynamic I understand that you want to create something about the connection with Cookie and how important Cookie is to him and create the drama around will she or won't she end up going out to L.A. with him. But, yeah, we got a lot of magic background that felt like it was like, you know, the the boyfriend. It felt like magic porn, obviously. It was yeah. like, let's like ride the magic train. <laughs> but oh, we can't. I mean, well, yeah, that's boy, oh, maybe boy. a tough analogy. But the, the Kareem piece of it, I was, you know, they mentioned his uh, his girlfriends there at that point, Cheryl, who when he did his autobiography, he wrote a lot about her in the autobiography, Giant Steps, mm-hmm. which I remember reading when I was a kid and just being like, wow, Kareem, his thoughts on things? Contemplative, thoughtful, personality. deep. I, we said this when we did the first episode. I, I just feel like there was more meat on the bone with Kareem. And I, I would have shifted that cease. I would have given Bus a little more... I was really interested in the dynamics of the business and Hollywood and how he fits in. He instinctively realizes, and I think he says in the second episode that, and he says it to his mom, Sally Field, yes. another another Great. overqualified actress. And he's like, this is my gateway to be with all these fucking billionaires. Yeah. Now, this is eventually why all the guys in the last 20 years buy sports teams, right? It's why John Henry looks at the Red Sox and he's like, nobody, I'm this billionaire. Nobody knows who the fuck I am. Now I'm the Red Sox owner. Everyone knows who the fuck I am. Yes. And that's 
people realize that I feel like around the 2000s, but nobody saw that in the no, late 70s. Definitely not. That was not a that was it took the vision of bus to create, you know, Showtime and to make it a spectacle to make it, you know, that desirable of an asset uh, that's, you know, just grown he, into what it is now. Here's what I don't get about that, though. Steinbrenner's already in full bloom with the Yankees, right? Steinbrenner buys the Yankees in 1973, gets suspended by baseball for a year because of his, whatever he's involved in, some political scandal. Comes back mid-70s, Reggie shows up, and the Yankees become the biggest thing in the earth. And Steinbrenner becomes really famous. I would say he was one of the most famous people of our childhood who was an athlete, right, in sports? Sure. It's like Steinbrenner, Howard Cosell. Who else would you have? Uh, Charlie Finley. I mean, uh, OJ. OJ was a player, though. Oh, you're talking about... I'm saying non-athletes. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't know. Howard Cosell. Um... Secretariat, <laughs> but Steinbrenner is massive. I'm surprised. That's what's so cool about Bus. Like he actually saw. Not only can I, not only is this a great business, not only can I, this is a distressed asset I can blow up. That's it, because but I can be a power broker now. Baseball ruled the roost back then. It did. But NBA was way, way, way behind. Yeah, he saw something in LA specifically with the celebrities and its connection to wealth. That I don't think, I mean, I kind of, I could have used maybe in episode one, like maybe 30 seconds, 60 seconds on how he made his money. How did he get to his success in the first place? Well, and then did you feel like they, because there was always a rumor, maybe it'll come up in later episodes that Donald Sterling fronted him the 15 million. That would have been, you know. I always thought that's why he was so loyal to Sterling to the bitter end. And maybe so. Never tried to, you know, knock them out of LA or anything because Sterling helped them, but they didn't go there in the show. Nope, they're but they are pals. They have a shared interest. Oh, they were pals. They were pals. But um, yeah, I, I, I would have wanted a little more time on that. I would have gone less magic and Kareem and his relationship with his girlfriend, who by all counts kind of settled him down a little bit. He was very zen. Um, we get a lot of that. I mean, it's one of the reasons he played for so long. Yeah. Kareem was doing shit in the eighties that speaking you know, of innovation, he was doing yoga and meditation, and yeah. he was eating really put thought into his diet. And that, that was why, you know, he ended up playing until he was 40. Uh, scenes that stood out. The first bus red dinner. Let's talk about Red Arbeck. Cartoonish villain of this, right? Which I, is, I think, a, a, a good decision. Right. They dialed him up. Way up. They dialed, I think, him up the most. I don't think Red was this over the top. Uh I think he was. I have no idea. Very aggressive. He would. He always called himself. I'm a Russian Jew. I'm very aggressive. You know, whatever. But I don't think he was like willfully unlikable. Like I don't this. know. He had a history of kicking the Lakers' ass by then. He did. I just don't. I think he would have been more subtle with some of this stuff. Okay, that's I fine. actually don't even think he would have wasted this much time with Bus. It is interesting to me. He he um, indulges Bus in terms of like he's going to meet him and chat with him a little bit because he sees an opportunity for a trade potentially. He thinks he can fleece bus yeah, no, early that's on. That's something that up to me. The other thing is, so this is 1979. Yeah. What's going on in Boston at the time is we have, you know, it. this is like the dark ages before Bird. Yeah. We have this guy, John Y. Brown shows up, who's this Kentucky 
Kentucky uh, rich guy. He buys the Celtics. Immediately starts fucking with the team. Famously trades for Bob McAdoo. He Red has assembled all these picks that's supposed to have a check error. And he trades two first round picks to the Knicks for Bob McAdoo and doesn't doesn't tell Red. So there's this one spring summer, and I think it was 78, it might have 78 or 79, I can't remember, where everybody thinks Red's gonna leave. He's gonna go, he's gonna go actually be the GM of the Knicks. Because the Celtics are so fucked up, he's gonna leave. And Red for a couple weeks, he's going around town and people are going, Don't go, don't go, don't go. He ends up staying and he gets John Y. Brown to sell the team which was that famous franchise trade. Remember that? The Clippers go to San... The, the, oh, yeah. The Braves uh-huh. go to San Diego. Buffalo, right? The Buffalo, Buffalo Braves go to, to San, San Diego, Diego and become the San Diego Clippers. He flips franchises with... Uh, what's his name? Irv Cohen, the Braves guy. The reason I say all this is the Celtics were kind of in shambles. Like those were, this is when my dad's tickets, we were able to get two tickets and move right up into like the fifth <laughs> round. Yeah, right. So I love those disaster. This is when we had Marvin Bad News Barnes. This is what I wrote the prologue of my book about. So I don't know if Red would have been this arrogant. I know I'm like super nitpicking, but the Celtics were on a fucking swoon. Well, he behaves like he owns the Celtics. They treat him as though he is the owner and that he and Buss are peers and that he because of all the success that the Lakers uh, the Celtics have had against the Lakers can exert this dominion this 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 arrogance that um right really the arrogance about I've always beaten the Lakers is there but yeah. I do feel like the Celts are not really in a position of strength in this summer but he's carrying himself like all the shit's now the team was really good that year right he's got Cowens he's got Bird as a rookie Cedric Maxwell Tiny Archibald it's definitely going to be like a really good team. What's the basis for Buss's interest in in having a relationship with Auerbach at all? I didn't understand that either. Okay. So I actually think it would have been more realistic for him to be talking to Red about potentially hiring him. Like right. Just make that whole right. arc up. Yes. Versus why are they even having dinner together? Did I that don't... dinner even happen? Right. All those things. That seems crazy. Yes. And then the end meeting, which definitely didn't happen. It's right. like, let's meet in the center of the forum. <laughs> but that's why it's a TV show. Yeah. This is where I think they got a little... Uh, artistic license. Yeah, they got, they got a little artistic license. Yeah, a little but cartoonish. The big thing was Red did feel like he could beat the Lakers every time. And That's that was, true. When we beat them in the 84 finals, a big piece of that was like, we always beat these guys. Seeing Auerbach and West together would have made sense because West, you know, was was genuinely tormented by the, the Celtics and those two were peers. He yeah, was like, the coach of the Celtic, the, of the Lakers. The better scene is probably... Red, Bus, and West. Yeah. And West, like his head's about to explode. Right. And finally, he goes out to have a cigarette or something. Yeah. And then Bus ends up. So he doesn't punch our back. What I liked about this scene, I thought Riley does a really good job in this scene. Because he's really mad at Red, right? Red's such a prick. Oh, John C. Riley John does C. a Riley. really great job in this scene. Because Red is such a prick to Bus. But Bus, he die, he doesn't like raise his voice. His feelings are hurt and he's actually kind of mad. And you see him sizing all of a Powerman to play this. And he's like, Red, enjoy your meal. And he fucking leaves. Yeah. But I actually felt like that part was really authentic. I agree. I agree. Red it was puts good. the lobster on his bill. I don't know. I just, 
<laughs> not not sure about that. But that was a really well done scene. The next scene is the uh, pickup basketball scene where Magic goes to um, the guy who's dating Cookie and he wants to embarrass him on the pickup game. It's 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 it fits what we were you know our complaint. It's just too much. Like what point? What are we getting out of it? With with all that said, I enjoyed watching it. Well, because it's basketball. It's yeah, pick it's up like, basketball. Oh, cool, basketball. It, and it's and it's pickup and it's on the playground talking shit. But like it shows magic as as just an out and out bully. And I guess it's supposed to be about you know um, the lengths he'll go to to you know keep cookie and to be an alpha dog yeah well but they like he he's he's the alpha dog he is already the alpha dog he's magic johnson you know conqueror of uh he won the ncaa tournament and he's about to go to the lakers like well, you know you don't need to go out on the basketball court and humiliate this much shorter um church uh going well, shoe you do guy. if you're trying to establish the cookie magic plot it's a key kind of arc is it though i just didn't really care I didn't care either. Did, did that relationship exist even? Did did Cookie date a church-going shoe salesman for a probably. bit? I, I, we probably both should have read the promo book before we did this. But I, I'm whatever. happy I didn't. No, yeah. I don't want to. I want to watch this, this series. And I'm enjoying watching the shows multiple times to try and get the flavor for for what this drama is that they're showing it's it's a it's a standalone drama it's not the book and it's not yeah. you know it's it's a screenplay it's inspired by the book yeah and it's not anywhere near you know a reflection of what really happened so let's just enjoy the the cartoon that's my view so we when we did episode 1 i i i'm getting this all mixed up he plays the one on one with norm nixon at donald sterling's house i think that was in that episode 1 that might have been one. episode 1 yeah we should have talked about that scene the two basketball scenes we have with Magic. One, I actually thought he was unrealistically lousy in the Norm Nixon pickup scene. I mean... I know why they had to do it that way. He's wearing clothes. He's wearing yeah, the wrong shoes. I, I, I gave... It. That's it. I gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was wearing slip, slippery shoes. I think what? he's taking Norm down low. You, Take him you, down low for some jump You want to do, you do a, a genuine basketball analysis? Nah, it. just like, I don't think it's that one-sided. It's then this fine. pickup scene seemed more realistic to me, that yeah, magic, which is sure. clean ass with me. I liked the scene. I enjoyed watching it. I'm just not positive we needed it. I did enjoy seeing magic have sex in a couple parking lots. So. <laughs> I mean, this, the show. I was just picturing during those scenes, I was, because I magic's going to say he didn't watch this. Come on. I, I guarantee that'll be his take. I didn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. It'd be too hard for me. I guarantee you he's going to watch this. You don't think he's already watched it? No. Nobody in his life I know with for the a screeners? Okay. No. All right. I guarantee he watches this. He's not. <laughs> first of all, Magic watches everything. That was like one of the things I was shocked by oh. when I hung out with him for a year. He saw every movie. Him and Cookie would go yeah, to the movies. That's right. Remember that? He was a big movie he goer. Was a huge movie. He would always go that's to the movies. Right. He that's loved right. the movies. He, he loved had that TV tradition. Shows. He saw everything. There's no way he's not watching this. Huh? And the other thing, and I definitely picked this up in my year with him. Um, not a huge Norm Nixon fan. Never said it, but would always talk about the other guys. But every time with Norm, it's like, oh yeah, Norm. But you could tell. They create, there's a, they, they do a whole thing with this dynamic with Norm Nixon in these first two shows, you know, Norm tells him to go back to school. 
Norm, you know, is is deliberately, um, you know, mean to him. He's he's ca- he's very petty with him. Um, there was a lot going on there. The book gets into a lot of it. There was definitely a competition for the ladies in the L.A. area. Yeah, I think both of those guys were big stickmen back in the day. We knew Magic was, but Norm was too, undoubtedly. So you had that. You also had who has the car keys of the team, and not to jump ahead for the listeners, but um. The 1982 team, the second title team, I thought was the most, when I was doing all my research and watching all the stuff, but I actually thought that was the most underrated of all the teams, like in the top 10. Interesting. Because at some point they just, because Westhead eventually gets fired. Sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) Riley comes in, spoiler alert. Um, But he just, they get Bob McAdoo and they're just running. And they're basically small ball with Kareem. Yeah. And Magic's playing a lot of like off ball and Magic, like you look at his steals and stuff that year and they're just like really athletic and him and Nixon become interchangeable and they're awesome. But within a year, they're getting rid of Norm Nixon. They trade him for Byron Scott. Yeah. And they get rid of him partly because they have Magic, but also I think Magic was good with Norm Nixon. Sure. That makes sense. That was it. So yeah, see the, I'll, we'll see as we get later into the show how much they dip into the Norm versus Magic with the ladies because I... By all accounts, that was a big thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. A Perlman's book went into it a little bit. Okay, great. Yeah. No, that was... I'm excited now. That, that was, They weren't just wrestling for uh, control of the Lakers' offense. I mean, this is, you know, a, a an old-school HBO show in, in that one certain as, aspect. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> You know, did they, did, listen, this is the, these are the Lakers we grew up with. And this is the HBO we grew up with. That's exactly right, brother. We want that fucking SSC. All and the N, N, giant and the N, all of it. It's well, because it really is. If you're going to tell the, the tales of that era, yeah, those excesses were part of the tales. It is. We, we haven't really seen enough drug use, to be honest with you. We have not. Maybe that's coming later. But this is well, I mean, we are in the fucking and to be cocaine fair, wheelhouse. Magic is not a drug user so all of the magic time magic doesn't drink he didn't he all, didn't do anything all of the time we're getting with magic and his family by definition will not include uh any drugs or alcohol so but only, dr bust and, and his girlfriends it's the late 70s and nobody knows cocaine is like the worst thing you could possibly take at, yes. the, at the time yes it's a really fun drug that there is, is a reference yeah what one of uh Sterling's girlfriend tells Magic to be sure to have a glass of champagne before he does the coke because it amplifies the coke. I mean, if we're born 10 years earlier, we're probably trying cocaine. Oh, sure. Yeah. By the time we got to college, we were terrified of it between Len Bias, Len who Bias. both of us yeah. in a really hard way. And yeah. I was like, I'm out. Don't. We, we arrived. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure we, we talked about it. The cocaine all the cocaine and sex we missed out on. <laughs> we missed out on cocaine <laughs> and sex. We literally did. That's why we loved the late seventies. We lived in in you know the the Puritan era. Just think how much cocaine and sex we could have had. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Red Bus Showdown at the end. A little cartoonish, but I liked it. Great drama. Good job. I enjoyed well it. I, yeah, well done. yeah. It's got to. It, you got to do it. HBO knows knows how to do stuff like that. New characters in this episode. David Stern, we mentioned Red Arback, uh, Bill Sharman. We have not met Michael Cooper. He becomes episode three, I think. Uh-huh. He steps in. Um, 
Do you feel like they botched the Arbat character or no? Uh, You're okay with that? We're a neutral party. I'm too Yeah, and and we went through the aspects of that relationship, the way they've portrayed it, that we can't make sense out of. That those were all my complaints. I don't have any problem with um, the way that Chiklis has inhabited this character and given him a larger than life persona, a top of the game kind of persona. And I own you persona that he, that he puts right in, in Buss's face. You know, yeah. I own the Lakers, you know, you're beneath me. Um, you should be groveling, you know, coming to me in this way. So like uh, it fits the, 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 the cartoon arc. And so I'm fine with it. Does this show make you like Jeannie Buss more? Um, what's great is I don't know very much about Jeannie Buss. Like I yeah. live in Washington. I know, you know, the roles that she's played with the organization her whole life. I'm familiar with her relationship with Phil Jackson, but I feel like I'm learning Jeannie Buss, you know, starting at her in her late teens, early twenties mm-hmm. in, in this, um, role. I'm just along for the ride. I'm just, I'm just eager to learn. You can see why she's, I think kind of a secretly tough lady. Well, she's she's this cool. like we were talking about in my podcast a week ago about you know LeBron and trying to kind of get a foothold against those those guys and she's not going to get pushed around. She's been she through pushed some around stuff. by Magic either. And Magic did this whole thing when he left the team and they've they've set her up in a way that I think is effective. She's a sponge. She's like always lurking. She's always observing. Yeah, she's taking stuff in. She's watching these dynamics. She has certain instincts. She clearly has some good ideas. Uh, about how to use the forum. She's trying to figure out how do I navigate these this inside relationship stuff, right? Yeah. I'm the daughter of the owner. She knows she's the daughter of the owner. She's willing to to you know um, do the grunt work that that's the role that Rothman has her in. But she also wants to you know I I'm I think it's pretty smart. So if you could make up anything that could have happened in episode two, what would you have thrown in? because <laughs> let's just say we get to make up one thing make up one thing uh i mean it would have had to do with you know the music of the time or drugs of the time or sex of the time probably all three uh, yeah i just the like, fish that saved wanda scene is pretty pretty great fish that saved pittsburgh pittsburgh <laughs> fish <laughs> that saves wanda <laughs> What's the, i would have just cool. if i was if i was one of the eps of this show I just would have said, look, every 35 minutes, we need to either be at the Playboy Mansion, the Forum Club, or whatever LA's equivalent. The Forum Club didn't exist then. Well, whatever. Whatever, wherever, like, rich people growing where there were girls. What's the name of the room? They take us into the room with the with the girl. Here, Bus goes, this is my favorite part. And the girls come out and sit and do the, the, the song. What What's it called? Well, they used Dimitri. He's see they they do all this very subtle LA stuff that you would never right unless you lived here like yeah Dimitri who's this guy is at the same Vicente Bungalow now is famous famous maitre d for years okay um in LA and and they use him and I couldn't tell if it was him or an actor playing him but he's in there so they're they're dipping into this very very hardcore LA stuff so I, I'm I'm interested to see how far they go with that. Um, but I would have thrown in like a Nicholson if we're just making stuff okay, up. Okay, okay, okay. Nicholson I like it. with four girls and like a fucking Scarface pile of cocaine and maybe like one other act, like Robin Williams is there. The and only we have somebody playing right. Like I feel like we could have had celebrity cameos. The well, the only movie stars that we've seen Diana Ross and we see Bill Bill Cosby. Those are the two. I would have had Robin Williams so dressed as Mork with the Jack Nicholson. <laughs> like let's fucking. <laughs> 
Let's fucking go. Yeah. We're in LA. Well, I mean, Diane Cannon. Like, let's let's go. Okay, let's do it. I think it comes. It's the come. Maybe though, come. right? Maybe it'll come. Maybe it'll come. Have magic. Just throwing some ashes at them. Uh, all right, predictions for episode three. We know we're going to meet Jack McKinney. I'm guessing in episode three, the new Lakers coach, because Wes quits at the end of this episode. It's he how quits it ends. as the coach. We know who's going to replace him as the coach because it's Jack McKinney, who is Jack Ram- Dr. Jack Ramsey's uh, big assistant. So the episode is the arc of West, and it has West, you know, a- as you know, this tormented uh, character. Yeah. Who has you know the the um, situation growing up in West Virginia? Why he can't be happy, and that he he self selects himself out of the job. He's like, I just can't. Yeah, he's li- literally like driving himself crazy, and he apparently realizes it. And the episode ends with him saying, "I have to. I'm gonna you know end this." Leading to Jack McKinney in episode yeah, three. Right, Jack McKinney. Which th- this is why I can see how they realized eventually that this was a TV show because you have all these beats. You have bus buys the Lakers. Who are they going to draft? Magic or Moncrief? Is Norm Nixon going to be ready to give up his spot to Magic? Is Kareem going to like Magic? How do we make Kareem happy? He's usually miserable. Is Bus going to have enough money to buy all this stuff? Wait, Jerry West quit. They got to bring in this new coach. Well, we know the coach has a bicycle accident. And all of a sudden, he's out, too. It's amazing. And now this guy, Paul Westhead, who we haven't even met yet, is about to be handed the keys to Showtime. Those are all factual things that That we know are coming. And also the Jerry Tarkanian part. That's the other thing, because they chase Jerry Tarkanian before they end up with Jack McKinney. So we know that's coming, too. We know there's a whole Jerry Tarkanian Vegas thing that's about to happen. And then we have the whole arc of the actual season and Spencer Haywood and how are they going to handle that part and uh, Kareem getting hurt and missing the finals and I'm I'm in house I'm in we're, we're all the way I in. can't believe the show worked all of I, the- I want to be on the poster where it's like I can't believe the show worked <laughs> Bill Simmons the ringer <laughs> all of me the- neither Joe House the ringer all of the dramatic effects are there and I'm on it. I love it. I, lo- I really love the show. I don't feel like oh, enough. We've been sort of talking through it in a, in a dispassionate way. I fucking love this show. Yeah, we said that a- could be my quote. We said a minus after the first episode. I'm I've moved it up to like it's borderline a for me. Yeah, I'm I'm I mean, yeah, I'm all the way in. I'm, I can't, I can't wait, wait to find out like will people age 23 watch this show? It's a great question. I have no idea. You're right. Are they going to find it interesting at all? Is it more interesting to us? Cause we actually know what's going to happen. Or is it more interesting if you know nothing? Cause Casey boys, the guy who runs HBO was like, I'm not a basketball fan. I love this show. Okay. So well, we'll find out. All right. This episode was produced by Kyle Creighton. Thanks to Joe house. I hope you're checking out all the prestige TV content because we are doing a bunch of great stuff on this feed, March, April, May. Check it out. Prestige TV. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.